return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Just for a minute, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to just... I want to uh, follow up on last week and conclude, but, but uh, I'm talking about leadership attributes for success. Leadership attributes for success. And one of the things we shared about 1 Timothy 3.1, if, if a man desires the office or position of a bishop, he desires a good thing. So he's desiring. It doesn't say that he's so highly qualified or anything like that. No, he has a desire. And, and desiring to serve God, to uh, serve Him in this life is very, very important. And so uh, uh, there's, there's ten things that require zero talent. A lot of things, you know, we can look at life and think, well, they, they just have a lot of talent. Sometimes people do in certain areas. But there's ten things that require zero talent. Uh, the only thing it requires is choices, all right? And we shared last week, the, the first one we shared about is just being on time. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for getting up. Thank you for being here. We all have the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have segments in that, in that 24 hours that we sleep or we eat. There's things that are just kind of things that you do to take care of your life. But then you have to manage your life. You have to have priorities in your life. You make choices in your life. God can't use us. If we're not available to be used. Now, one of the examples, of course, was I said in Second Samuel chapter 20, Amasa, after, after uh, uh, Absalom had rebelled and now David was forming the army again, and David here gave him, so obviously he had talent and so forth. David basically said, you're my general now, so gather the army, gather the people. And he says, I'm going to give you three days to do it. When you get back here, report back to me. In three days, in person, report back in three days. And, of course, he didn't. He missed it. And what happens, basically, because he was late and so forth, he missed his opportunity, he missed the deadline, and so on and so forth. Someone else went out and did, did the work, and actually he ended up losing his life. But just because he wasn't time conscious, because he didn't do something on time, it cost him. Now, he was a very talented person, but something that didn't take talent... He didn't do. Time is, is something that that's how we spell love. If you have kids, you know, spending time with them. That's very important. I never regret the time that I spent with my children, uh, uh, playing with them, doing things with them or so forth. To this day, I don't regret 
taking a vacation with them or planning a vacation to be together and so forth like that. Spending money to do that, to have fun, F-U-N, good word, amen? Christians should have fun in their life. They should plan to have fun. I had a cancer diagnosis uh, years ago. Uh, uh, The doctor's report wasn't so good and so forth when they called me. But I can remember sitting down in my living room, and it was like the voice of the Lord came to me, and he said, plan to have fun. And I thought, you know, because I'm thinking, well, we were going to go to the Wisconsin Dells and so forth. We'll cancel those things and stuff. And the Lord just said, no, plan to have fun. And I thought, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So uh, we've done that our whole life, though. We've enjoyed things. We've made memories. But, but if you're chronically late, you're telling, you're telling the people around you that you're not important. All right? If you're chronically late, uh, uh, you're saying you're not important or I don't value you. You, you want to value people. You want to value their time, appreciate their time. Ephesians says, redeem the time. So you're making the most of the time while you have it. Amen? Make the most of the time uh, while you have it. Be wise, sensible, intelligent, buying up each opportunity, as it says there in verse 16. Number two, one of the things that were talked about is work ethic. All right? It's the principle that hard work is intrinsically and virtuous, virtuous or worthy of reward. So uh, uh, we read the scripture from Colossians, but just about as far as being an employee, if you're an employer, so forth, but being uh, a good employee, showing up for work on time, doing what's being asked of you, so forth. Understanding that uh, uh, your working is unto the Lord. So you're, you're serving like earthly masters, an employer. You're serving them, you know, with sincerity, reverence, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So work ethic is huge, amen? Uh, uh, it doesn't take talent to be a good worker in that way, all right? Just, just a work ethic. Number three, effort. Just review. This is one of the things we talked about. was vigorous or determined attempt, effort. I told you that uh, I saw many people talented, talented as far as um, uh, athletic talented, but didn't play much. And part of that was because of their effort. And so effort is important. 2 Timothy 2, 5, 15, do your best. A lot of people say, you know, well, I'm, I'm doing my best. And really it's about 50%. Okay. Uh, it's like, it's like uh, you know, effort is, is applying your heart, doing your best with what you have uh, is, for the Lord. Amen. Number four, body language. Body language is the nonverbal communication in which physical behaviors as opposed to words are used to express or convey the information or con- confess, confess, uh, con- convey or express our, uh, what we think. Behavior includes facial expressions, body posture, gestures, eye movement, use of space. Well, we all know about this one, don't we? How people, if they don't like something, you know, they roll their eyes or huff or something like that or... Or, or their body language, shoulder slump, you know, well, I have to do it and this and that. Well, it doesn't take anything to control. That's just a decision. All these things don't require talent. They are choices. They are choices in life. I'll guarantee you, you could go to any corporation, business or so forth. If people talk about their best employee, they're going to talk about these attributes that have nothing to do with talent. And everything to do with who they are, choices they're making as people. Because when you do these things, you are a fun person to be around. 
You're a fun person to work with. I can't tell you how many people, if you took a poll, the vast majority of the people would say they hate their job. And why do they hate their job? 99% of it is people. <laughs> they have to work with people. They don't like their supervisor, their boss, their coworker, whatever, somebody else. They don't like the people. People quit jobs, move jobs because of people. These things here are teaching people to win in life. Win in life by their choices. Amen? By their choices, by who they are just as, as people. So we glorify God with our body. And 1 Thessalonians 4, Scripture there says that each of you should learn to control your own body. <laughs> now, this is in morality, of course, but also in everything. Your body language. What, what are you saying? So you should learn to control your own body that's holy and honorable for the Lord. Number five, energy. Energy is the strength and vitality required for sustained physical or mental activity. Energy. Not a choice, not a, not a talent here. It's just a choice again. Joshua says, Joshua 1.8, you know, the Lord is just saying, I want you to meditate day and night. It says, then you shall, notice what it says, then you will make your way prosperous. Many people in prayer lives are asking God to do things that God has asked them to do. And so, so God's just waiting, you know, you know. They're asking, do this, Lord, do this, do this, do this, and so forth. He said, no, I ask you to do this. And many things, folks, that people make prayer things. God already knows everything, so we don't have to inform him. I've said this many times. Much of my prayer time is listening. I'm listening for his voice. He knows everything about me, all right? He knows everything about you. But I come and I worship him, and then I listen. I'm in his presence. What do you think Jesus was doing when he get out, get, would get up a great hour before daylight and go out and pray? He wasn't informing the Lord, they got a lot of needs out here. No, no, no. He's going out listening. What's on the docket today? What are we doing today? Who are we ministering to today? Sometimes I'm listening. I say, Lord, and he's, I say, how do you want me to act today? You know, listen, what is he going to say? Folks, you already know it's your day. Amen? So, so it says you will make, you will, didn't say God will do it. It's, he'll cause you to do it. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Hallelujah. One of the things we teach, of course, as, uh, in this church is we teach responsibility. Most churches don't, you know. Most churches, it's all this way. God has to do it all and so forth. He's in control. All that, those catchphrases, of course, which isn't in control of everything. All the stupid stuff of the world. He's not in control of that. People just think about what they're saying. Think about it. He gives us responsibilities. He's given every one of us responsibilities. Basic responsibilities of life. These are not complex. They don't require talent. Like, like I tell people all the time, you want to be good at college? Show up for class. Duh. Well, that doesn't require any talent. Show up in a class. Why, why would you show up? So you hear the lecture. So you hear what they're saying. You don't hear what they're saying. How do you expect to learn? Correct? You want to be blessed in your job? Show up in your job on time. Exhibit these things, all these characteristics, and your supervisor says, wow, that is a good person to have around. 
that person will be a good leader. You position yourself for leadership. Remember, even the bishop is an overseer or a leader. They, they started by desiring it. It didn't come because they are so qualified. Wow, they are qualified. They just got it. No, that, had, that wasn't in the equation. So leadership is key. People say, can I be a leader? Yes, you can. Everybody can lead. In fact, you're supposed to lead. You should lead in your home, number one. But then you can lead, lead in your job. You can lead in your community. You can grow in leadership. We sometimes think we're stuck that, oh, well, I guess they, they're talented. They get all the opportunities. No, no, make your opportunities. Make your, make your opportunities. So energy, you know, you're, you're applying yourself. Amen? You're applying yourself. Just think of, think of this. Sustained physical or mental activity. Jesus came to the disciples and he said, couldn't you tarry with me? Couldn't you pray with me one hour? He did that three times. And he said, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. Now, that is a choice. That's, that's giving some sustained, sustained activity here. For one hour. Could you do it for one hour? Now, most people would say, absolutely. Oh, piece of cake. One hour. Piece of cake. And people start praying. Five minutes. How long has it been? Five minutes. Man, like Fifteen. I mean, one hour. One hour. Sustained activity. Being in the Word. How long does it take? It takes time. It doesn't take talent. It takes time. All right? So it gives your, you're giving your energy to the Lord to do something with it. Amen? Now, now, does God know our frame? Does, yeah, He knows. Obviously, we had, we had Peter, James, and John, who were the three that took Him closer into the garden, and they were all falling asleep. So, so God isn't here to beat you up. But He is here to show us things to say, hey, if you apply this to your life, boy, you can go a long ways. If you apply it to your life, you can go a long ways. Amen? All right. Number six. Hope you're writing them down. Number six is attitude. An attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something that's typically reflected in a person's behavior. You sometimes can know if someone has an attitude, how they maybe respond to you. Or you might know you have an attitude about how you respond to them. All right? Sometimes people don't want to see somebody. They see somebody in the store. I don't want to see that person. I'll go around the other aisle, you know. Well, you know you have an attitude issue. Now, this doesn't require talent. It requires a choice. It requires a choice. How am I going to, how am I going to uh, face that person? Of course, of course, the Lord is one, but I mean, talk, talking horizontally now. These are things that lead to success. These are leadership characteristics. It's a choice. Amen? It's a choice, you know. Colossians 3 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. So it lives in us. The word lives in us. And then it goes to verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed. So your actions, your words. It says, uh, whatever, first of all, whatever you do, do it all. Say, do it all. 
Do it all in the name of Jesus. So it's, your, it's our attitude. It's how we're thinking or feeling about someone, something. You can apply it on your job. Folks, these are things you can apply in your marriage. Your marriage life. You know, what does it take to have a successful marriage? You work at it, right? You work at it. You don't... The people who use the word, they fell in love. Folks, you don't fall like, oh, oh, fall. Oh, I met you. Wow, you know. You don't fall into love. You don't fall out of love. You choose love. You choose. You make choices. Right? Choices. Our choices are going to lead to results. Remember the old thing we said for years, but came from a book, but the, the principle of the path. Look at your feet. Your direction, not your intentions, is going to lead to your destination. So, so my attitude, how I think, how I respond to people and so forth is important. People say, do you get along with people? Oh, yeah, yeah I get along with all of them. And those people might be thinking, whoa, whoa, here, here he comes. Let's, let's go. Be careful. Some people explode at all kinds of stuff. Our attitude is important. All right. This is a choice. So if I let the word dwell in me, then whatever I'm going to do, whatever, I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. If I'm doing it in the name of Jesus, then I'm going to do it in a proper way toward people. Right? So I'm going to, I'm going to be a blessing to people. Sometimes people are so spiritual. Yeah, oh, I do it all for Jesus. Do it all for Jesus. But, but they're kind of cranky about everybody else. You know, around everybody else. Don't be a crank. You know, don't, don't be a downer. You know, you're always pessimistic, you're always critical. No, no, keep your attitude right. If your attitude is right, you'll be a blessing around people. You'll have good words to say around people. People will want to say, oh, they're here to help. Oh, boy, they want to be around you because they know your attitude. Amen? Number seven is passion. Passion is strong and barely controllable emotion. Strong and barely controllable emotion. Now, let me say this. You should like what you do. You should like what you do. You know, people say, you know, Pastor, what's the will of God for me? What's the will of God? I say, what do, you, what do you like to do? God gave you desires. He gave you things or talents. You could call them that. What do you like to do? Do that. You know, it's not, we make something so mystical you know, nobody would like to do that. Find your passion. All right. Find your your passion, strong, barely controllable emotions. So you should like what you do. Now, let's bring it into Christianity. Of course, there you should have a passion for Jesus. If it said if it says in Mark and it says in the other place in the gospel as well, but love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That's passion. Now, a lot of people love the Lord a little bit, you know, they think about him some, you know, right? So, but it says all your heart, soul, mind. So they think about him a little bit, you know, they make some effort and so forth. And then, you know, if you took the research of today and they say, what is it considered to be uh, faithful attendance? People say nowadays, like once a month, you go to church, you faithful. Oh yeah, yeah, you bet. Once a month. That's, that's considered faithful. Well, that doesn't show any passion. Passion is something you should like. And it's something you do give emotion to. See, when we worship, when we worship, 
here's, here's really true worship, folks. True worship should come down to, can I do that in the jail cell? Can I do that in a hospital bed? Can I do that in the emergency room? Listen to me closely. A lot of worship today in America, you know, why, why, you know, they have smoke on stage. The churches, smoke comes out, you know. Of course, it, it, it stimulates. The glory of the Lord was a cloud. Now we, now we just put on the smoke machine, you know. And then we have the lights. We have the lights and so forth. Everything's nice. And then we got all the, the music, you know, that's jazzed up and the drums. and Just great. Okay. Now, can you worship? When there's no smoke and no lights and no power equipment. That's where worship comes. No smoke, no lights, no power equipment. Okay? That's, that's where you have passion. That's when you sing because you like to sing. You don't have to have talent. We heard a guy the other night on the TV. That the, there was God TV. There was some program. The minister was on, and the, the worship team came up to afterwards, and he still mic'd. This guy couldn't hold a tune anywhere. He was off many keys, but he had passion, and he was again. And we loved it. Why? He didn't care. He didn't care the mic was on. He didn't care it wasn't in tune. He didn't care what people thought. I thought, this is really good. He had passion. Passion. So worship is something, it just comes up out of your heart. It isn't all the other glitz. And that's, you know, where a lot, let's just put it this way, America has all these things, okay? So that's where a lot of America kind of gets, gets off a little bit. So passion is what you're doing with your heart. Like, yes, let's worship the Lord. We've done that in emergency rooms. We've done that in doctor's offices. We've done that in situations that are downright not fun in the natural. But the Lord showed up. Amen? What about your marriage? Passion. You know, we got, when we got married, there was somebody in Sioux Falls, <clears throat> got married at this church, and then someone... Older person said, yeah, well, you just wait a few years, you know, you'll kind of cool off. And I mean, this was a guy, you know, so he's strong in the Lord. Well, I don't want you what you've got. I told him that. I don't want what you've got. Amen. Yeah, amen. We've had a marriage 44 years. We love each other. We love being together. We love doing things together. Folks, people get confused. Like, it's like, well, I don't have any feeling anymore. We'll get it back then. Go get your feeling back. Go court one another. Why don't you speak nice, nice things to one another? Hello. See, see, it isn't like, you know, oh, they're so gifted. They're anointed. They have a good marriage or this or that. No, no, no. It's choices. So much of success comes down to a choice. It doesn't come down to feelings. Now, we're talking about emotions here. But in these emotions, we're talking about Something you like, and so you should like your spouse. Hallelujah. Amen. All the married people say amen. amen. Okay. You should like your spouse, and you keep at it. You know, a lot of people confuse. They say, confuse the issue. They say, oh, I, I love him so much, or I love her so much. And what they're really saying, I lust her so much. Because their, base, their relationship is based on sex. 
No. Sex isn't love. You know, sex is sex. It's something physical. Dogs can have sex, okay? So that's nothing. But choices that you make in loving someone, the passion to love that person, care about their lives and so forth, goes long, way beyond the bedroom. So passion is huge. Titus 2, uh, verse 11 and 3, just, you know, this is someone who's passionate. The grace of God has appeared. It says, teaching us, denying ungodliness, worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present age. What are they saying? They're passionate. I am passionate about living for the Lord, looking for the blessed hope, his glorious return. We have competing, competing desires, the flesh versus the spirit. Old man versus new man. Galatians 5, verse 6 says, walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Feed your spirit, man. Spirit things will grow. Amen. The flesh lusts against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. They're contrary. So what do you have to do? You have to feed the other one. Feed yourself the word of God. God loves marriage. You created marriage. But all these things with the spirit and stuff. A lot of people say, I don't feel like going to church. So what? Tell your body what to do. Why would you let your body tell you what to do? I don't feel like it. Well, get rid of your feeling because your feeling's wrong. We don't walk by our feeling. We walk by faith. We walk by our trust in Jesus Christ. Our eyes are on Jesus. Amen? Many times, many times I've been in situations, and I've been in, we've been in hard situations in some of those places. Didn't feel like worshiping. Didn't feel like praising God. But we did it anyway. We made a choice. Well, it's amazing. You start making a choice, and all of a sudden, he shows up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Then you're in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Matthew 6. You lay it for yourselves, treasures in heaven. Well, where your treasure is, there's, there your heart's going to be. So wherever your treasure is, that's where your passion will be. So you should be passionate about your marriage. You should be passionate about work. Amen? You should make a choice. You should say, thank you, Jesus, I got a job. Really, I'm serious. You should think about it that way. Thank you, Jesus. I got a job. Then I can go to work. Then I'm healthy to go to work. Hallelujah. Then I can do things. It's a choice. You show up and people are like, well, that, that person's really, they're a leader. They're all of a sudden looking at as you as a leader. Amen. Number eight. Number eight. Write this down. Being coachable or teachable. Huge. Coachable means you're open to listening to feedback. Able to receive constructive criticism without taking it personally. Willing to look at your own performance in order to improve it. Now, being coachable, this, these are huge things for leadership. Why? Because, because none of us have arrived. And all of us have blind spots. All of us have areas we can improve. Now, if it's on your job, then people are going to help you to do a job better. It'd be real good to listen like, now, how do I do this, you know? And don't act, yeah, I don't know, I didn't know. Yeah, I got it all together. And then later you're thinking, how do we do this now, you know? Don't just listen. Listen. As a Christian, that's why I listen a lot in prayer. I want to be coachable. I want to listen to the coach. I want to listen to what he knows and what he knows everything and what he wants to tell me. If someone is in the huddle... If we were calling a play or something, someone's in the huddle, I didn't want a bunch of people talking. No! 
What do you want him to do? You want him to listen. Why? I'm going to call a play. I'm going to call a play that you better get right here so you can do it. So every time, no matter what happened the previous play, they'd come back, every line up, everybody's mouth shut, and they're looking at me. What are you going to call? What are you going to call? Me, in turn, I'm calling from a signal from the sideline. I can audible that call. I can change it on the line of scrimmage, but I'm calling what they're sending into me, what they're telling me. And they're listening to somebody who's way up in the air, who's looking down on the field, and they're thinking, let's run this play. So everybody all along the ways, listen, 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 perform it, do it. So coachable, being coachable is a major thing. Now, folks, this is a major thing in our world. Because most people don't want someone to tell them how they can improve, what they can do better. Because we assume we already know it all. Now, 1 Peter 5, 5, a younger person should submit unto their elders. This is just an age thing here from a standpoint. If you're older, you should know more. You should be an example. Don't be the deadbeat person that talked about our marriage. Like, oh, you'll cool off and so forth. Like your relationship with the Lord will cool off. No, no, no. Don't be that person. As an older person, you should be spiritual. You should know how to pray the hour. <laughs> or whatever it is. Whatever God asks you to do. All right? So the older submits to the... The younger submits to the elder. And then it says a word here. You're submissive to each other, of course, because we're always learning. But we're clothed with humility. Now, these are huge things you should underline in your Bible. First Peter 5, 5. Can't tell you how many times you take notes. Most people don't. However, you should. All right? Incidentally, that was just a coaching idea. Hello? <laughs> coaching idea. Be clothed with humility. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Ernie Gruen wrote a great book, The Irrevocable, Irrevocable Law of Humility. is powerful. So you're clothed with humility. 2 Timothy 3, verse 6 and 7. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable. Now, we know doctrine and all that, but it says then reproof and correction. Who wants that? You know what happens in a lot of churches? Huh, I'll go to some other place. I'll find another church. Churches are loaded with those people. Loaded with those people. Because why? Well, reproof, correction. I'm not going to take that. I don't have to take that. You don't have to. Okay. Sit in your way. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be blessed. You don't have to make your way prosperous. You can do whatever you want to do. Just don't blame God and don't blame us. <laughs> All right? So reproof and correction, instruction, all those things require humility. A lot of my success as an athlete is because I shut my mouth. Not because I was a Christian. My dad told me, shut your mouth. <laughs> he had been an athlete, he'd been a coach, he'd been an athletic director, but I learned. So I'd always listen. You know another thing you want to do? Have some eye contact. In other words, in other words, you got body language. Coach is trying to tell you something. What are you doing? Looking down on the ground, kicking the dirt, or doing something like No, 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 no. Spiritually, you want to have eye contact. Have eye contact with what's being said. I'll just say it, it works, okay? You can live life any way you want to. I'm just telling you, all these things work. All these things require a choice. Don't require any talent whatsoever. Just require a choice. I tell kids, little kids when they're in the huddle, I said, 
Keep your mouth closed and your eyes in the coach. And they're all like, okay. That's what you do. Why? Because then they're going to know what to do when the timeout is over. Many people run their life like their head's cut off because they haven't listened in the timeout. <laughs> doing whatever they <laughs> Listen, folks, you'll find what's in your heart is when there's a crisis. Okay, so we teach the word of God all the time. But I'll tell you this. You'll find what's in your heart when there's a crisis. We've lived through crises. Okay. When the doctor called me, it's just it's abrupt, folks. It's not, it's not. How you doing today? Today, Dave, whole things are going. No, no small talk. Dave, we got your test back. You have cancer. You have aggressive cancer. We need to do something right away. That's not a pleasant call. That's not a pleasant call. No warning. Nothing like that. No preparation here. Something big's happening. No, no, none of that. How do you respond? How do you, now that tells you something though. Not bad. It just tells you what's in your heart and it tells you like, oh man, I want to grow. I want to, I want to learn. I want to, I want to be coachable. I want to be teachable. Amen. Proverbs 13 verse 18. Whoever disregards discipline Whoever ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. When you heed correction, you're honored. Now, that requires, it requires no talent. But poverty and shame can come because of other things. Proverbs 12, verse 1 says, uh, uh, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. He who hates correction is stupid. Wow. NIV. Whoever hates correction, they're stupid. Why? Because you're going to set yourself up for the enemy. The, the devil is smart, folks. He's smart. That's why I always want to, I want to be the, have the word here by my heart. I want to have my eyes on Jesus. I want to be listening to people. I come to service. I'm here all the time. Unless I have to be out of town. But I'm on the front row. I'm taking notes. You know why I'm taking notes? Because God's speaking to me. He's speaking to me. So as far as, as far as a pastor, he's speaking to me. And I'm smart enough to know that he will speak to me. I'm smart enough to know I will get something out of everything anybody shares when they share the Bible. And so I've got notes all over the place. Things God's spoken to me now. All right? As a person. And helps me to grow as a person. But you can take those things and apply those things in life then. Amen? can do that, apply it in life. All right, number nine, doing extra. Spiritually, we say going the extra mile. Doesn't take any talent to do extra. Doesn't do any, take any talent to see a need and try to go help it. If you do good, Luke 6, if you do good to those who do good to you, what, what credit is that to you? In other words, you're not doing anything extra. It's just payback. We have a lot of that in the world. Everybody scratches everybody's back. And so forth. And folks, you got a lot of that in the body of Christ. Got a lot of the body. I'll invite you to the conference. And, you know, you just have conferences saying just conference junkies. Everybody, the same people there, you know. And anyway, verse 35 love your enemies. Well, that's an enemy. That's a, that's a good verse. Do good to them, lend without expecting anything back. Your reward will be great. Verse uh, 35, at the end of the first, verse 35, and it says, You will be the sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Now, you should underline that in your Bible, folks. This is New Testament now. Old Testament, God's going to get you. 
God's going to get, she's going to get those wicked people. New Testament, no, God loves those wicked people. God wants to save those wicked people. Amen? God wants to save those wicked people. He didn't want to send them to hell. It wasn't made for them. He wants to bring them to heaven. So he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful as your father is merciful. Amen? I'm running out of time here. Let's go to number 10. Number 10 is being prepared. How much talent does it take to be prepared? It's like, it's like, it's like uh, knowing, knowing you've got something the next day. How hard is it to be looked the night before to think, you know, it's going to be an early morning. I've got a lot happening. I'm going to decide now what I'm going to wear then. Oh, I never thought of that. That's a novel idea. Yeah, that's a novel idea. Be prepared. Everything in life, Boy Scouts used to have a motto, be prepared, all right? Be ready beforehand for a specific purpose or an event or an occasion. So you're getting ready beforehand for a specific purpose or an event or an occasion. Let me give an example. David, we know the story of David, 1 Samuel 17. David takes his staff in his hand. He chooses five smooth stones from the stream, puts them in his pouch in the shepherd's bag and so forth. Got a sling in his hand. We know that he's put it and he's put that stone right embedded into Goliath's forehead, sunk into his forehead, all right? Powerful. Now, why did, he, why did David take five smooth stones? Wasn't, wasn't because, it wasn't because David was not acting in faith. No, Goliath didn't have five brothers. He had four sons. And those sons were in the camp of the enemy where Goliath came from. So Goliath had four sons, and his four sons were as big as he was. In fact, one, by, one verse later in the scripture says, because he eventually killed all those four sons, refers to it, but he had six fingers and six toes on each, six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot. I mean, this guy was, he was a giant, right? So David was prepared. He had a stone for Goliath, who he was facing, and Goliath had four Big sons in the camp in case they came out also to challenge him. I'll give you the reference, okay? So it'll satisfy any curiosity. Four sons. So David was prepared. Now, folks, it doesn't take any talent to be prepared. I always want to be prepared. But all these things you can apply. You can apply these things to ministry. You can apply it to business. You can apply it to your home. You can apply it to any management field. But all of these things will cause you to be successful. In time, in time, doing your job, applying these things, making choices will cause you to rise to the top. Doesn't matter. Joseph, Joseph was falsely accused, rose to the top. Thrown into the prison, rose to the top. Again and again and again and again. Because of qualities of choices that he made in his life. Let me give you the five P's again. I've told you before, but write these down if you've got a pen. That's what we did in India. We bought, we bought tablets and pens. They came around to everybody, to all these pastors. And they were all grateful, like, thanks. You know, in their language anyway, thanks. So, and they were taking notes. Because we want them to be like we said, you're a disciple is a student. You're a student of Jesus Christ. Sure, you may pastor, whatever, but you're still a student. You'll always be a student. Folks, we'll always be in the school of the Holy Spirit. Always till the day we die. Always we're going to be learning. Always we, we'll, we'll see more things and so forth. But that's how life is. That's how big God is. You never know it all. You know, it's not like, well, they've got it all together. No, I'm sorry. No one's got it all together. Everybody's learning. 
But five Ps. Proper planning prevents poor performance. So being prepared. Proper planning prevents poor performance. This is something we do in the mission field. The next one. Ready to write it down? Next one is over-prepare. I can't tell you how many spirit-filled Christians, they're just loosey-goosey and flowing in the spirit. Folks, nothing ever happens. You know, they have a great goosebump time. But you've got to prepare. Amen? You have to prepare for your day. You have to prepare. Now, what we do, what we do is we over-prepare. We're going someplace in another place in the world. We don't even know what we're going to face. So we over-prepared. We're praying in tongues. We're preparing so that when we get there, it says, then go with the flow. So you're prepared, then you can go with the flow. Then you can go how the Holy Spirit, but you're, you're, you're ready. You're ready for all those things. Amen? Amen? Write this down. To fail to plan, which a lot of people don't have any plans. But to fail to plan is a plan to fail. To fail to plan. We talked about this on finances. Folks, you have to plan to save money. You have to plan to discipline your flesh to say things like, you don't need that. Yeah. Folks, I, I, can walk, I can walk by the deli, or let's put it this specifically, the bakery section in Hy-Vee, and I want everything. I want everything. I, want every, I love sweets. I love rolls. We got some sweets in any of the mm, you know, stuff we don't get here. Mmm, tasty. It was so good. And I can walk by... I want, I want, I want. This way, Dave. This way. You're going this way. But everything in life is that way, isn't it? Discipline yourself. So, so you plan things. You prepare things. You, you plan for success. We've always said this for many, We've said this for decades. Be fat. F-A-T. Be fat. Be a fat person. What does it mean? It means faithful. It's an acronym. Faithful, available, and trainable. So if, if you're not available, God can't use you. And you've got to be faithful. got to be faithful, Lord, and so forth. And you've got to be trainable. So faithful, available, trainable. Folks, with that, anything can happen. It's amazing. Anything can happen. When we do those things, when we apply ourselves... And these are all the, these ten characteristics. You know, they don't require they don't require uh, talent or gifts or anything. They just require choices. And as you and I, this is a daily walk. Now, praise God, you made a choice. You've already made dozens of choices this morning. But to get up, like I woke up early and thought, oh man, praise God. And then there was a scripture, and I thought, I'm just going to get up early. And I wrote down some scriptures and so forth. I just learned if I don't write them down, I'll forget them like later. Like, what was that? It was so good. So I just get up and I write them down. But I get up, you make choices. Right? Had coffee. I made a choice to have coffee, right? So, so you make choices in life. Lots of choices are very, very basic. But some are key. Dealing with these things. And your work, your attitude, your marriage, your relationships, these are key things, all right? These are kind of the mega choices, all right? Spending time with Jesus, that's a key thing. Listening to the Lord, oh, that's a key thing, all right? When you do those things, then he helps us with all the myriads of other little things that actually doesn't really matter. What are you going to have to eat? I don't care. You know, food, it's okay. You know, just... just 
You, the key choices are the big things. Amen? And God will cause us, all of us, people listening right here around the world, doesn't matter any country you live in, this works. Any country. As you make choices, though, it causes you to rise to the top. It brings favor on your life. That's what they saw on Joseph again and again. Like, man, everything he does prospers. Everything he does, this guy, this guy just, he does it well. And he was just making choices in everyday things. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. Turn to him and say, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. Hallelujah. Now let's lift our hands a second, which is a sign of surrender. And it's a sign that we're going to say we're going to plug into his power. Amen? I'm saying all the time, Lord, I need you. <laughs> oh, man, folks, I just, I realize my needs so much, just my trust is in him, you know, I just, I depend on him. And, and like John the Baptist saying, oh, that you would increase, I would decrease, that my flesh, my spirit would conquer all the things of the flesh. Lord, thank you for your help for each one of us. And thank you, Jesus, you're anointing everybody in this room and people even listening right now to do great things in this life and in this world. I pray you'd use them in leadership on their jobs around around their home, of course, or their marriage. But the influence that they have, I pray their influence would grow because, Lord, your influence would grow then. I pray you'd use them, Lord, in great, great ways for your great glory. And, Father, I just thank you for helping each one of us right now supernaturally. Holy Spirit, reminding us of our choices and things that we can do to rise to the top. Lord, I thank you for blessing people here. And thank you that, that all in all of us, your spirit is growing and greater things are happening. Lord, thank you for your blessing now, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.